Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 634 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Pillar up in the Blue Mountains, and we are recording just after the first day of on-ice training camp for the Ottawa Senators. And with the players hitting the ice, we're going to talk about some training camp battles that could be coming up ahead to see who's going to make what spot on the NHL roster. Little less than in years past, but we'll take a peek at that. And with all the excitement, there is one dark cloud hanging over this team. The 2018 Hockey Candidate investigations continue. And after practice today, Greg Batherson spoke to the media. We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senator Podcast. It's your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Senators your first listen on this Thursday, September 22nd. We are free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube, where the best way you can help the show grow is to like every video by simply clicking the thumbs up and subscribing to the Locked On Senators channel. Goes a long way for us as we continue five day a week coverage heading in to the NHL season. But Pilsy, we got to address the black cloud, the elephant in the room right off the bat. Drake Batherson spoke to reporters after the morning skate about the ongoing Hockey Canada investigation. Yeah, and this is obviously something that needs to be addressed. Uh, It's something of utmost importance, something that is affecting more than just the people directly involved in the case. It's affecting the entire hockey culture. It's something that everybody involved in hockey needs to take a good hard look at and say, what, what can we do to make a difference so that this doesn't happen again or so if it does happen and hopefully it doesn't we can address this more appropriately right so it it has to be looked at and drake batherson he he can't just stay away from it forever he has to eventually answer to it but i think the thing people need to understand and this is what we've been saying the whole time we have not avoided this conversation we've talked about it many times throughout this However, there's no new information that is being publicly made available. So, and it's a legal process. All Drake Batherson can say, probably due to everyone involved and what his lawyers are probably recommending, is what he said. And Ian Mendez has the quote here. And the quote is, I've been cooperating with the ongoing investigations. Out of respect for the person involved, I'm not going to make a comment on it now. Or in the future. Now, obviously, that's a pretty bland statement that doesn't really say anything, but I'm not sure what people expected here. Sure, you would like for something deeper to be said, but this is where we're at with this, and this is how the legal process goes. And I'm not a lawyer or a sexual assault expert by any means, so I'm not going to say anything. That is beyond my knowledge. So all, all I can say is, here's the update. We're talking about it. We're going through this. And 
this is where things at. Uh, Ross, I don't, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, but uh, I think it's it's tough when people have these expectations when there isn't much more that, that can be done at this time, unfortunately. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the matter of fact how it is at this moment in time of recording September 22nd, 5.18 p.m. Yeah, and I think the most important thing is is to have respect for the victim in this situation. This can't be easy. The fact that it's it's so in the spotlight, and uh, we just want justice for her. We don't want this to be something that she thinks about each and every day for the rest of her life. Or if she does, then at least know that she has the support of not only her friends and family, but of the entire hockey community of saying that this is wrong and making sure that steps are taken for this not to happen. Again, it was an awful circumstance. We don't know which players were involved, but I think on Twitter we get so caught up in wanting all the information right away. I mean, that's what Twitter is so powerful at, is the fact that it's breaking news from any corner of the world. You can get it just like that. Just uh, pull down and let go on your mobile device, and all this new information appears from from all the accounts that you follow and, and what you search. So I think that in this situation, it's hard to be patient, but it's important to be patient. I understand the the sentiment that people are having a hard time cheering for this team or or focusing on training camp battles or focusing on the, the lighter parts of hockey when this thing is front and center with potentially, very strongly, potentially, two Ottawa Senators who were... The, like could have been involved, but were definitively on the team that is being investigated. And Ottawa isn't alone in this. Philadelphia put out a similar statement with Carter Hart today. Um, I think New Jersey did the same with Michael McLeod. There are multiple NHL teams right now who are having to deal with this. And the thing with the Senators is having two players on the team, and specifically one who isn't even under contract. Yeah. It's a very delicate situation and an illegal situation at that. So, We will provide updates as they become available. But as the Locked On Senators podcast, our stance has been known the whole time. We haven't changed our stance on this yet. It's disgusting what happened. There should be appropriate punishment. They should not be playing in the NHL. The players who were involved in a gang rape, which is the, the investigation is uncovering from the, or sorry, what the investigation is investigating. I probably said that wrong, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, the, what does matter is that the woman who came forward bravely and and said, I, I was the victim of this, gets whatever piece she can from the investigation. But again, it's wider than that. It's about changing the culture around hockey. And and I think Pierre Dorian was, was smart to touch on that, at least that at the start of every year at training camp, they address their players about how they should behave away from the rink and that if they see someone else doing something wrong, to say something and fix it. So again, when information becomes available, we will touch on it. I don't know if you want to take it further from here. Just, or I th- like it, we, We're addressing it, and I think it's important to address. Yep. But no names have come out. Nobody's been indicted yet. And no n- Hockey Canada, nothing's happened except Drake Batherson has addressed the media. And I think I want to throw it to you on this one because we brought up his opening statement. Then the Sens PR guy said, look, he addressed it. He said no comment to a few other things. He said no comment in this initial response that we read as well. And then they they went away from that. It was obviously awkward, but they ha- they asked questions. How was your summer? How was this? How was that? And then Claire Hanna came back to it after a few questions. I'm not defending how he answered this question. I think it's 
It's widely considered. He misinterpreted the question. They were talking about the team excitement of Debrinket coming in. And then Claire Hanna from TSN got the last question of the scrum. And she said, what are your thoughts in general about hockey culture? And I think he interpreted it as what are your thoughts on the Senators team culture? That's the only reason I can assume he said what he did, which is I'm living the dream. Everything's great here. Our team is tighter than ever. We can't wait to get the season going. It's unfortunate that was the last question, though, eh, Pilsy? Because no time for a follow-up or anything, and it really did not come off well. I will say that. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think people on Twitter, you need to look beyond just what accounts you're following or posting. Uh, if if quotes don't seem complete, maybe do some digging. And I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying uh, Claire did this or, or there's any sort of... Uh, journalist integrity that that wasn't followed here that's not at all what i'm saying all i'm saying is look further and i will tip my cap to her she did mention in in the comments saying this was the last question of the scrum i wasn't able to follow up or clarify or anything like that so i I think obviously anyone that is looking at this from a proper lens can tell that that question was not properly interpreted by by drake obviously he would not have had that answer um and, and it's unfortunate that, that it looks that way. But I, I guess the, the last thing I'll, I'll say on this, uh, as far as our podcast goes, uh, discussing this, like Ross mentioned, we will continue to update you when more information will happen. But the one thing we will not do, we will never do, is wild speculations when it comes to something as serious as sexual assaults. Because yep. we will only use the information that we've been given Ross and I are not sexual assault experts. We do a hockey podcast. That doesn't mean we're minimizing sexual assault or avoiding it. If you guys have listened to the show every day, which uh, a lot of people do, and we appreciate that, you've known we've touched on this several times. Almost every single time Alex Formington is mentioned, we have this discussion. And we've talked about it from Drake's angle multiple times as well. So I just want for people that maybe think we're not doing enough we're doing what we feel is appropriate we want to build the hockey community like we've mentioned check out our behind the blog that we did with Ari from Silver 7 Cents he is someone that works with people who uh, unfortunately have dealt with sexual assault so we had him on and we had a lengthy discussion with him at the end of that chat about this because he's someone that can shed a better light and better info. We've mentioned it oftentimes. Go to Rick Westhead's uh, account and whatever he is saying, you can pretty much uh, take as as real good journalism. He's been following this very closely. And we're going to try to get on some other experts of this, this type of incident because we want to share the proper information. We're not about to wildly speculate just to appease the people. So that's, that's kind of the final statement I'll say here is we're working with what we're given and we're going to try to bring in the proper people that can appropriately approach this incident. And it's unfortunate there's a segment of, of online people that uh, that like to throw stones at us. And that's fine. Uh, we're, we're adults. We can handle it. But I, I'm proud of how we're handling this and I will continue to be proud of how we're handling this. And if you have a problem with it, Maybe, maybe the show isn't for you, but for anyone who's questioning our character or our morals, we know who we are. If people who have never met us and probably don't even listen to the show, but want to misinterpret a tweet from
from at, from at Send Central. And you can go and check out yourself. If there's a problem that you have, feel free to DM us. But if anyone just wildly subtweets us and saying like, who gives a microphone to these spineless losers, things like that, I will just block you. I don't need that type of negativity. I understand this is a serious allegation against the entire team. I, I'm not here to to be told that I don't have morals. That's fine. I know yeah. what mine are, and Pilsy knows what his are, and we know that everyone listening is here to talk about Ottawa Senators hockey. Of course, it's a part of the story. That's why we're covering it right now, but there's also training camp to get to, and it's unfortunate that this black cloud is over the team. It is. We've addressed it, but this is your team every day, and with that, let's hit an ad. Let's reset. We've got all we can. We've got all the information we have laid out on the table. People can draw their own conclusions. That's fine. And next time you hear from us on this topic, there will be more news. I'm assuming it's if and when Alex Formanton size. So it might be tomorrow, but we're not hiding from any subjects. Yeah. We, at the end of the day, we're two buddies that want to talk about the Ottawa Senators. There's a lot of bad things going on in the world. They're addressed, but they don't take up 100% of the space between my little ears. I actually do have small ears. I might say little brain, but between my little ears actually works out pretty well. Um, all right, Pilsy, hit an ad. Let's get into some training camp battles. And then we're going to end off with hashtag goalie friendly show alert. Cam Talbot's stranger thing mask that's been long presumed, and we've seen it from far away. Dave Art has thrown some up close and personal shots. So we're going to break down Cam Talbot's new bucket to finish off today's LOSP. Absolutely. Uh, Ross, we just recorded an episode with uh, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, and they gave us lots of good tips, advice, strategies to be successful in fantasy hockey. Well, if you want to be successful in your online sports betting, there's one spot you got to go. It's betonline.net, guys. It's the trusted online sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network, and for a good reason. They've got all the latest odds totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is your number one spot for all your sports betting needs. It's the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just hockey. You got basketball, football, baseball, golf, boxing, UFC, whatever your sport is, or if all of those are your sport, BetOnline.net is the spot. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. It's betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, Pilsy. Ottawa Senators training camp. Day one, we had a scrimmage, our first look at the Claude Giroux, Alex Debrinkit, Tim Stutzel line. By all accounts, they look good. Um, no real line combinations other than that one little group, and it was a rotating cast of guys who played with Shane Pinto in, in a third line role I'd imagine but at this type at this time in training camp when guys are just getting on the ice I feel like the bigger focus should be on what spots are available first and foremost and then who are fighting to earn those spots for the opening night roster let's start in goal pretty clear that the two guys on one-way deals Anton Forsberg and Cam Talbot will be the goalies in Ottawa who do you think gets the edge going into preseason like who it typically like the starting goalie won't play very much in the preseason maybe they'll play the last two games to get their feet under them at least maybe maybe it was Craig Anderson being in his late 30s at the end but at least that's kind of what we saw the last time the Sens had a 1A goalie Matt Murray just wasn't available sometimes how do you think that shakes out through camp 
I, I'm of the mind that that Forsberg has to kind of have the inside edge here just because he's a guy DJ knows, Zach Burke knows, uh, DJ mentioned in his press conference. As we know, DJ has been very blunt. I, I'm not a goalie guy, so I will always defer to Zach Burke. Zach Burke will give me a really good indication of who he thinks is ready to go and who he thinks should start. So the relationship already formed there with Anton Forsberg, I think gives him the inside edge, but this is a competition and uh, Cam Talbot said it himself, healthy competition will, will only make both guys better and he's ready to work. He's ready to compete. So there's no way we can definitively say who's going to start opening night, but I would be surprised. Like, like basically, I guess what I'm trying to say, long story short, it's, it's Anton Forsberg's net to lose for opening night. If he's not there, it's because Cam Talbot beat him out. Yes, that that's my thought as yeah. well. But you can look at it from like the internal hierarchy, and maybe the internal hierarchy in Ottawa. Uh, maybe Anton Forsberg did enough last year, but I do feel like some coaches look at the career body of work a little bit more. So I'm actually super intrigued at who's going to start opening night. I've made my stance clear. I think it should be Anton Forsberg. You know, Agreed. give him a throw him a bone for how well he did not only on opening night last season against Toronto, but. He came up big so much for him. So to me, I, I say the, uh, the is it called the incumbent is the person who's already there? Or is that the person who's challenging? Not to get political on this show. That, that, that sounds right. We'll, we'll go with that, Ross. You've, you've thrown out some crazy words before and I didn't believe you. So I'm giving you the inside edge on uh, being right on this one. Incumbent, currently holding a specific office. Yes. Look at that. There you go. Gosh, incumbent, the locked on senators, word of the day. Yes, thank you, thank you. So I think that he should be the number one. And then the challenger is Cam Talbot and give him that opening road game, or sorry, not opening road game, but the first Saturday game in Toronto. But it will be fun to see how that splits out, not only for the length of the season, but I think the first five, six games are going to be really interesting to see how they decide to switch up the goalies and how much leash they'll give one guy before pulling it or if it's going to be already predetermined before the regular season. Looking forward to that. On defense, we pretty much have in Penn the top four to start yes. the year. We've got Jake Sanderson and Travis Hamanick as the second pair and the top pair of Thomas Shabbat and Artem Zub. Now, the third pair, today we saw Holden Zaitsev start together. And then Brandstrom and Jacob Bernard Docker were in the second pair, but also on the same group. Do you think the coaches are going to be watching those four? And what about Lassie Thompson? Could he potentially work himself into that same conversation? I was a little bit surprised that Lassie wasn't the guy beside Brandstrom, to be honest. Uh, just because I, I, for me, uh, it feels like Lassie is a little bit ahead right now, for now, uh, in his track to developing to becoming an NHL defenseman. Um, so I kind of thought he would start there first, but really what we're getting at is the bottom pair defense pairing is up for grabs. Now there's only two spots, but there's a, there's a big, uh, there's probably what five guys. If you have Holden, Zaitsev, Branny, JBD and Lassie Thompson, realistically, those are the five guys fighting for those two spots. I think Holden's pretty locked in. I, I would say so definitely, but there's no, there's, I wouldn't say there's a guarantee there because I think it's possible he could be a seventh defenseman. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen, but it is possible, right? right. Um, I think uh, you, you made a good point, and we had touched on this earlier too. There's no need for DJ Smith to put Zaitsev on the outside looking in in training camp, right? I think day one, 
that doesn't that doesn't really go anywhere for you. It's they've been trying to move them like it's the least or worst kept secret ever. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, make him feel like he's not a part of the team on day one of camp? That's just you don't need that in the locker room. Not on day one. We'll see how like let him play himself out of the role. This is a guy who's been on yes. like I'm probably the biggest sites have hater on this show, if not in the entire community. And I say, obviously, just as on ice play, seems like a nice enough guy. But I think why why single him out before the first game? Let him play himself out of that role. I think it's likely he does. But yeah, I'm cool with the first game. Let him let Zaitsev and Holden be that veteran pair and and go from there. And like we said, it's no secret the Sens are trying to move on from him. So banishing him to the press box and making it clear you're not going to give him ice time, that's not exactly a high selling point or it doesn't give an opportunity for him to increase his trade value, right? The message you're sending to other teams is that this guy's worthless. Yeah, yeah, which... <laughs> we'll leave that we'll leave that there but like that's that's the thing is you might as well give him the opportunity if it's I, I've said it I, I'm not a Zaitsev fan but I do think w- big time he his contract and playing top pair minutes with Thomas Shabbat has put him in a position where he's not set up to succeed Nikita Zaitsev is not a four and a half million guy Nikita Zaitsev is not a top pair defenseman but he's been thrust into that category just based on facts that's where his time on ice has been that's where his contract is so i think if you could get him in a lower bottom pair role he could be okay but he's not going to live up to that salary which is ultimately the issue in a cap world that's where the problem is right so i think you start him out in that spot and have one of the young guys prove i think we already mostly know but prove even further that they JBD, Brandstrom, or Lassie Thompson in the lineup gives the team an immediate better chance to win than Nikita Zaitsev in the lineup does. That's that's where you're, we're getting at here. And Lassie Thompson, just for uh, completeness sake, was paired with Dylan Hetherington, a guy who I think he was paired with quite a bit last year down yep. in Belleville. So at least there's a little familiarity there, but I'm hopeful that we see a very competitive matchup. And one of my number one training camp battles is JBD, and Lassie. And you mentioned it. There could be as many as seven guys ahead of them on the depth chart. There are seven defensemen right now on one-way contracts. Bernard Docker and Thompson do not need waivers. So I understand from that standpoint if they don't make the team, but I want those two competing to be who's the first call-up or if they can sneak their way and make it impossible for DJ to send them down through training camp. I'm hopeful. I think those two guys took a lot of steps in the right direction last year. JBD, you probably want a little more offense. And with Lassie, a little more consistency. Those would be the two things that I think in a perfect world you'd like to see from those guys. But my number one battle of this team, and I think it also speaks to how set this team is versus others in the National Hockey League. But that's my number one battle. What's your top battle in training camp? I would say I'll, I'll agree. The bottom pair uh, defenseman is my top, but to, to go to the next one is that fourth line center role because I really think Tyler Mott is going to be the third line guy to start. I don't think any of the young guys are are quite ready to push him out of that spot. Um, it's it's still a possibility, but I think that's a little more uh, comfortable than the fourth line center role. I think it's going to be a big battle between Dylan Gambrell, uh, Mark Kaslick, and uh, sorry, I've got it here. Well, Dal Cole, 
could be could be a guy that comes in. Or no, sorry, not Tuck Holt. Yeah, uh, Derek Brassard. I was looking Broussard. at the PTO the there. Game uh, yeah, Brassard or uh, Jace Howerluck. I'm not sure how much center he's played, but he is listed as a center. So interesting. That's a possibility there. I think where it's going to be interesting is if DJ wants to keep a kind of consistent fourth line, fourth line style where it's like shut down, grinding, and forcing. Because if that's the case, Kelly Gambrell and Watson for me makes the, the most sense. Or are they going to bring a guy like Broussard in just to add a little bit more of an offensive flair to be in the middle of two guys like uh, Kelly and Watson just to add a little bit more offensive capabilities there. So I think that's where it gets interesting. And yeah, um, Jace Howerluck, that's a guy that's trying to make his way into the NHL. I'm sure if even if he's been mostly a winger, if DJ says, hey, we're looking for a fourth line center, he'll, I'll, I'll play wherever you want, DJ, I think is kind of where Jace Howerluck is at in his career. So he could be battling for that spot as well. Yeah, what's interesting to note about Derek Broussard, and I'm gra- glad you brought him up because he played a little bit of right wing today with okay. Matthew Joseph on the left side. So that's moving Matthew Joseph over uh, to the other wing and, and Shane yeah, Pinto. Interesting. Okay. So there's going to be lots lots of juggling right now when it comes to Ottawa Senators training camp. And uh, Pam, uh, Murray Pam, is, yep. uh, is a journalist with full press hockey. He was boots on the ground today. And he mentioned that, it was, um, it was, I'm just looking right now because I want the, uh, the exact wording. Well, one, he said he's playing the right side. Oh, sorry, it was with Tyler Mott and Shane Pinto. And that was only for one shift. So again, it's, it's like, how much are you really going to lean into that? But he was asked on Twitter about who the standouts were. And it was Shane Pinto, number one. Love mm-hmm. to see it. And then Mott, Sanderson, and the Stutzla line. So to me, if, if Tyler Mott can come in here and play his way into like a middle six, third line type role, Pierre Dorian, it's not the summer of Pierre Dorian anymore. It's extending into the fall. It's like when those sales, <laughs> you can't get rid of everything. You're like, no, no, the summer sale was one thing. Now we get the fall sale on. But yeah. this is this is a potential, uh, hopefully, boom. But even if he just settles into a defensive role and not much else, I'll still be happy with it as a depth pickup. But Tyler Mott could be a guy where I don't really know if he's battling because he is signed to a 1.35. Like it's not necessarily uh, a deal where you're just going to be comfortable being like, all right, 800,000, throw it down. Like that's a, that's an NHL salary, right? Yep. On a one-way deal. So Definitely. I don't know if he's necessarily battling per se. And then Parker Kelly needs waivers. So I don't know if he's battling per se, but those are two guys. So I'm interested to see how it shakes out. Who's third line, who's fourth yep. line. And are any of these kids, is Igor, is Roby, is a, a guy who's a little more veteran experience like Jace Howerluck going to make it impossibly hard to send them down and get them off the team? Crookshank, another guy, although Steve Sens pointed out to me that in an interview with 1200 two days ago, Troy Mann said Crooker's going to pretty much guaranteed start in Belleville. And you yeah. know what? To get a few games, I totally understand that as well and, and play a, a meaningful role. I would love to see him get a letter down there. He talks so well about his leadership. I think that would be awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to ask you if there's anything else you're looking forward to uh, in training camp battles. And we're going to get into Camp Talbot's helmet. All that coming up on the other side. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every day. All right, Pilsy. So we talked about the decor. We talked about the fourth line center position. Mark Kaslik, bit of a dark horse, I think, yep. to make the team right out of training camp, finishing second in the fitness testing behind Josh Norris yesterday, and then Jake Sanderson sliding in at third on the fitness test 
as well. You know, it'd be hilarious if they put you and me through that fitness test. Oh man, I it would be it would be a struggle, Ross. I'm just trying to get ready for shinny hockey once a week, and I'm behind on my stretching. My skates are not sharpened, so I'm not in uh, a game game ready mode fitness wise, or, or or in any sense of the word, uh, honestly. So that would be embarrassing. Yes, tying my shoes is my exercise these days. No, we we should actually get get ourselves in shape because you know we're a YouTube show now. We got to smarten up. That's true. It's true. Yes, definitely. We'll work on that. We'll I'm going to need that. a wider lens for my camera soon if I don't smarten up. So yeah. Fair. <laughs> All right. So uh, any final battles for you? Like I think the top two lines are set in stone. We talk about yes. pen and then stone would be even further yeah. than that. It's etched with, in there. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So um, what other battles do you see? Yeah, th- that's uh, that's pretty much it. I've got a, I've got a list here. The only other one is a uh, fourth line left winger, which we kind of touched on. Uh, depending on where Tyler Mott ends up, he could end up on the fourth line, and that would be perfectly fine. But l- let me know how you feel about this list of fourth line uh, left wingers. So Parker Kelly obviously is kind of the guy that's uh, right away. Dal Cole, like we mentioned, PTO battling for a spot. And then I've got two Belleville guys that Scott Sabrin, hey, say what you want, but the the players love having him around but you're he's, not having he's only even got a shot if Austin Watson gets hurt in preseason there's no yeah, way the, you have Watson and Sabrin no unless unless there's certain physical matchups like maybe you're going to Philly or something no. and and you're well, you're trying in to Toronto pick things up. for Saturday get yeah. the old nameplate check from Matthew that's, I, that's he's number 3 on my fourth line left winger uh training camp battle so i'm i'm not pumping him up uh, extravagantly right, here right. it's it's just a guy i mentioned and then someone else, he's already had a, a sip of coffee in the NHL. Cole Reinhardt, I think, could fill yeah. out uh, a fourth-line role in a, in a small sample size uh, as well here. So that's that's a stretch for battles, but since we're talking about it and there's, and there's not too much, I thought I'd yeah. toss it out there. I had some ideas. Most important part of today was definitely this, right? The first yeah. look at oh Alex Debrinkit, Tim Stutzla, and Claude Giroux together, like, that's about as good as it gets. And I love Giroux goes with the red palms on his gloves too. So that's going to pop this year. And you didn't want to hear anything but this from Clojure after he said, quote, it just feels right. Yep. Uh, absolutely. And, and I went through um, most, uh, at least the ones that were posted before uh, kind of three or 4 PM, uh, the senators interviews that went on and Travis Hamnick had a, a long one. I, I forgot yes. he was a uh, Francophone uh, Ross. Yeah, he's from St. Milo uh, in Manitoba, which is a French community. Uh, is he Métis? Yes, he is. Okay, so that makes sense. A lot, a lot of Métis people in uh, in Manitoba. Uh, that's a guy Labrigade needs to get in touch with. Yes, uh, we we recently soon. spoke with them, yes. Um, but I like that he mentioned, uh, obviously, the, a lot of the buzz around Hamnick was, how do you like playing with Sanderson, et cetera, and he was just like, look, we all know his skill. I'm going to be here for a shoulder to lean on. And the one thing I, I loved hearing from Hamnick is he's going to have the puck on his stick a lot because it's better if he has the puck than I do. So that's good that already we kind of know the defined yin and yang roles between Hamnick and Sanderson. We know Sanderson can transition the puck up by so smoothly. He's a good skater. He's got a good first pass. So already kind of knowing in day one that Hamnick's like, yeah, I'm going to defer that to Sanderson is a good sign for, for that deep pair to work in my mind. What did you think of the comparable that Travis Hamnick threw out for Jake Sanderson. Noah Hannafin, 
Ironically, See, I didn't catch. I think that was in French. I caught Hannafin, but I didn't uh, catch the rest of that. So you can fill in the quote there. Ironically, he was also a fifth overall pick five years before Jake Sanderson. <laughs> yes. um, in, in 2015, that great draft there went. I think a lot of people thought the Leafs were going to take Hannafin. They needed defense. They went with Mitch Marner. I guess that was okay. Uh, but Hannafin goes fifth. I actually didn't realize the points have started coming for Noah Hannafin, but he's a guy oh, yeah. who made the NHL at 19 years old and was was traded to Calgary. So that's obviously where he and Hammonick got to play together. Yep. I like it from a standpoint that it seems like we've kind of gotten ahead of ourselves when people go with Kale McCarr. Like he's a generational player. It's just impossible. <laughs> he might be the greatest that. defenseman we'll witness in, in this era. <laughs> like that, yeah. that. Like it doesn't get higher than Kale McCarr probably. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we've we've heard other other comparables, but I I think I kind of like Noah Hannafin. Maybe Sanderson's not as physical, but what did you think about him drawing that comparison? Just saying that he he feels like they they have a pretty similar profile. Yeah, I think that makes sense, and I think Hannafin is kind of one of those guys that quietly is a really good defenseman. Like when you think of Calgary's decor, it's not like you're like, oh, there's Hannafin at the top, and then all these kind of guys other under him. It's kind of more like a mesh together group, at, at least from an outsider standpoint. That's what it seems like. But I think more, more and more, he's becoming the leader of that decor. And Sanderson, I think, is going to be a guy that quietly will do the, will do the same throughout his career. So that's an interesting comparable for sure. And uh, it's good that Hamannick already has some experience dealing with this kind of uh, relationship with his D partner. I've decided I'm a Hamannick guy, by the way. I, you remember the story I told. It almost looked in his first game with Ottawa was in Winnipeg. Obviously, I mentioned he's from Manitoba. Yep. And I think he like he met them there because he wanted to go get his family or something as well. And there's that photo I took at Send Central where it looks like he's staring right at me. And I right. told the story the next day. His yeah. wife and kids were right beside me. And I made sure to just let her know just in passing. We were both walking up the stairs together. I just said Ottawa's really excited to have you. And she seemed like the sweetest woman and the two kids beautiful. So I think uh, I think I'm I'm officially a Travis Hamnick guy until he proves otherwise. So I want to see yeah, him succeed this year. I want to see him succeed for sure. Uh, with Ottawa and, and with Jake Sanderson, I mean, a little more universally assumed that he will succeed. Noah Hannafin, 48 points in 81 games this year, 10 yep, goals solid. plus 27. So a, a real solid player there uh, for the Calgary Flames. As for the Ottawa Senators and their goaltending, Cam Talbot, we discussed earlier on, he's battling for number one playing time and he's got the Stranger Things bucket. First, have you seen the show? Because I never have. I watched the first season. I'm not a big Stranger Things guy, and, and I'm sure a lot of the fans uh, of the show definitely will get on me. It's It just seemed like one of those shows where they had one season written and in mind, and then when they got more popular, they kind of had to make stuff up as they go. So the whole upside-down thing, it, it never really appealed to me, but it is cool vibes. Like The vibes of that show definitely are, are cool, and uh, I think Cam Talbot uh, definitely touched on that really well like like the i think the theme song and the font is what i like best about the show so that <laughs> that tells you where where i'm at with that so the sends in the the stranger things font looks pretty epic yes why don't you walk us through the helmet and as you do i will slowly slide down this page and you can see one of the coolest parts is the upside down senator logo as well yeah uh, first off let's shout out the artist uh, i believe it was uh dave Art. david David Gunnarsson is the name of the artist. Same guy that did Mandos that we talked about last week. Yes, and Sogards too, right? Yeah, 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 it is. 
I, he, I think so, at least. We said it last time. Like he's definitely got a team now. He's he's he can't be doing every goalie in the National Hockey League. At least half of them seems <laughs> like uh, do Davard. He's over in uh, Sweden. Okay, yeah. So so uh, that's the artist. Just wanted to shout that out. So yeah, it's a dark red mask. Uh, you've got the uh, senators. I was gonna say Senegoth, but that's not the Senegoth. What, what are we? Yeah, the two D senators logo on each side of the helmet. So you love that. And then you've got, see, this is where I don't know the show, so I can't describe these creatures, the, the spider-like uh, creature. And then you got, uh, this guy looks like some sort of some sort of zombie or something on the other side. So that's the best I can do there. The only thing I would have liked, Ross, is we talked about this, the gold uh, cage. Mass, yes. I would have liked the gold cage to be there. The white, I, I get it, it goes with the theme of the mask, but the gold I'm just loving. So I wish he would have added that onto there somehow. Do you like the multicolored cages? Like, I feel like Lucas Dostal had it recently. Nah, I don't know if I love it, but that's the way too that much the, in my the way the mask is like a red and black would almost look sick on it too. Yeah, but it might not be practical. Maybe you can't spot the puck because like the black would take out the black puck. I don't know. I, I've only ever had uh, chrome cages. I had to look. I don't remember, but uh, yeah. I've always only had chrome cages, so I'm not sure about that. But what do you think about the upside down, like the reflection of the Sens logo there? Yeah, that, that's cool. It, it's something that adds to kind of the, the behind the scenes of the idea of his mask. So definitely that's cool. The, I I say this all the time, but I got to see it on the jersey on yep. the ice to really decide. Because sometimes those dark helmets, they can, I don't, I don't want to say get washed out because that doesn't make sense with the white. But sometimes it's it just looks like a dark mask and things right. don't pop enough. So I want to see if this one, the, the, the logos and designs really pop when he's on the ice. How but about overall, the pattern? decent how about the pattern of sends little 2d logos right by the ears so that's kind of interesting nice yep. little touch yeah I, I like that and yeah i think he did a good job of like having a theme the stranger things theme yes. while incorporating the the sends onto it so overall i'd say good mask uh still shifty and joey decord's masks are yeah. are my favorites uh, you can't beat those check out uh joey's new seattle mask it's absolutely insane um, but the Dave art stuff is, is really cool as well. 7.9 for me. And it might be a little higher if I even gave a care about stranger things. So if, if you're a stranger thing, stranger things fan out there and you're like, Oh, this is a 10 out of 10. Sure. I, I'm not going to argue with you because you have that connection to the show for me, not having it. I'm going with seven, nine, still nice. Yep. Seven, nine for me. I'll, I'll go seven, seven. We just talked about Anton Forsberg, another Dave art mask. How do you, who's got the edge in masks? I like Forsberg's mask. Obviously, the the gold cage is is the what pushes it over the top for me. So I, I like that. The beaver tail that the dog's eating pushes it over the top for me. Yeah, I, I love that's that. That's great. We analyzed that on I think Tuesday show. Now we're back to five shows a week, so I'm I'm losing track of which day we talk about what. But we appreciate everyone making us your first listen of the day. Just to wrap up the conversation, we had to start the show. We want to be community builders. We hope that we we are. We just put out that tweet and we're getting a lot of great feedback and we appreciate it. I guess there's going to be less bad feedback, as I said, because the people who hate us, we just end up blocking, which is is fine. We just we don't want to engage with it anymore. Pilsy's told me in the past, stay out of the mud. So that's what I'm doing from now on. We will continue to do what we do best. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. If you love it, we really appreciate you. Uh, and we will show that appreciation. Pilsy, I think we're able to tease a little giveaway that we have coming up. Do you want to uh, fire that off? No, you 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 do this. You you deserve to do the teases of, of the giveaways you put in the behind the scenes work. Oh, it's all good. So on Saturday, 
October 22nd. Okay. Saturday, October 22nd. It's a 4 p.m. game against the Arizona Coyotes. Ooh. We will be giving away two 100-level seats to that game. 100-level seats, guys. Yes. Make sure that you dress accordingly, which does not mean a suit and tie. It means wear your Sens jersey to that game as well. But we will be giving more information about yep. how you can qualify for those two 100-level seats probably next week on Locked On Senders. But we do still have tickets available in our section. The Sens reached out to us the other day and said we have sold 985 tickets <laughs> for the game. So let's oh my God. go. Let's yeah. keep moving tickets. The uh, Obviously, there is a bit of a black cloud over the team. But other than that, the vibes are pretty solid with the Ottawa Senders back. Sens are back. Yeah, and we're so excited to, and we're gonna be at Stanley's. I think someone uh, looked it up, and they're like, uh, "Online Stanley's fire code." Uh, max I think it was app- Scott. I think it was Scott Dunlop. Yeah, the the maximum there. occupants is like five hundred and fifty. Do you guys think that'll be a problem? Well, we just sold like a thousand tickets, so that might end up being an issue. So, I think that's obviously over the top. But hey. We said it last time when when we got there, Ross. It was kind of funny. We got there and the server server at Stanley's uh, is like, "So, how many people are you guys expecting?" We're like, "It could just be the three of us. It could be a hundred people. It could be twenty people. We have no idea." I think it ended up being right around sixty the first time. So, if you guys missed out on that, I, from everything I've heard, everyone that went, ourselves included, had an absolute blast. So. Make sure you're getting the Stanleys before the game, and we'll do the pilgrimage, and then we'll enjoy the Ottawa Senators 2022 home opener. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow with a behind-the-blog with La Brigade, and then on Sunday, we are... Oh, you got got your days mixed, Ross. Tomorrow's Friday. Tomorrow's Friday, so you know what? We got another show. I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) Tomorrow is a big day for me personally. I'm going to leave it at that uh, for now, but really looking forward to... uh, announce hopefully something tomorrow and then uh but we are going to put out a show pilsy's going to be kind enough to edit as i've got a pretty busy day and uh so it'll be out a little earlier than today's episode was we appreciate you being patient and giving this a listen when you can or watching on youtube so yes we will be back of course tomorrow previewing previewing ottawa senators games on saturday 1 p.m and 7 p.m the Sens are in toronto to take on the leafs i hope that we get rosters for that game before we record. But if not, you can follow us on Twitter at Send Central. And then on Saturday, La Brigade. And then we're going to wrap up the Behind the Blog series with who else? Sends Chirp will join us next week. We've got a lot more great content coming. I will be boots on the ground Tuesday night in Winnipeg. And we can't wait to go step by step into the regular season with you. Thank you so much again for listening. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.